Hey everyone, this is Tommy Canale and welcome back to Before the Lights podcast. The show to find out how those in sports, music, and entertainment made their mark. Please go to our website, BeforeTheLightsPod.com and follow us on Instagram at BeforeTheLightsPod. If you have a couple minutes, run over to Apple Podcast and rate and review the show. But it's time to get this one started. Go get yourself a coffee or a drink, whatever you prefer right now. Tell your family, friends, neighbors, and yes, tell strangers about this show. It's time to have an in-depth conversation with our guest. Today, we have the owner of L3 Method. She is a fitness model, the founder of Work, Grind, Fly, co-founder of The 300 Trainer. She is a nutrition coach, a mindset trainer, and can be found basically anywhere over social media. The very enthusiastic Leanne Price, how are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for that intro, Tommy. That was so sweet. <laughs> no problem. <clears throat> we are going to take probably a stroll down memory lane for you and uh, work our way up to where we are now. But uh, everybody has a pretty much a life story. And I want to go back. You grew up in New Jersey. And in New Jersey, you, before you got into fitness, dabbled in other sports. Um, you were a lefty hooper at one time. <laughs> Talk about the early stages of Leon Price. Taking it back. <laughs> yeah, taking it back. So what was it like in New Jersey and being an athlete there and before you got into fitness? Were you always active as a kid? Yes, I was. Uh, my dad threw me on a track when I was five years old and was like, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that morning. It was very cold <laughs> and I was five and I, and that, you know, that quarter mile track looks so big, but I think I made it around like without stopping the first time. I can't really remember, but eventually I'm sure I did. And, and that's how everything started in the way of sports. Well, I guess, I mean, I was born in San Francisco. I lived there until I was five, and then we moved to New Jersey. So okay. in San Francisco, I do remember, like, roller skating and, like, just always, always being active, being at the park, being at Golden Gate Park. <laughs> and then in high school, you got into basketball and a couple other sports. Were you still doing running and fitness stuff related, or did you get away from that for a while? Yeah, so... Um, well, if you really want the juicy details, I, <laughs> I started out as a, as a ballet dancer. All right. I was like seven. And then I was told by my teacher, or I don't know if it's a teacher, but um, instructor that I was really, really good. And it was time for me to go on point. And I checked out those toe shoes and what they do to your feet. And I was like, ah, I don't <laughs> want that. So at 11 years old, I said, screw this. I'm switching to basketball. And that's how I started playing basketball at 11. <laughs> gotcha. And then we did that for a while. And then that went away. And what I think is really fascinating about your story is people, and it, it's just common way. People look at somebody and they judge them by what they see. You know, they can go to your social media pages and they can see all the fantastic photos you have there and have a perception of what they think you are. And it's far from that. I mean, you have this kind soul. And if people have gotten to know you, know what you're about. And you have opened up on social media and pretty much putting your whole life out there for others to read, which is really touching. And I want to kind of go back to that to 
see, let people understand where you've really come from. And that's where in high school, you really battled with some, some bad demon thoughts and even got to the point to where you even thought about taking your own life, which thankfully that you did not do that. How did you, and I don't want to get into all those details, but how did you take yourself from being at that point going, all right, I got to pick myself up and find a way to better myself? Yeah, Uh, such a good question. And and it's so interesting how fitness and sports weaves into all of that because it was a double-edged sword. It was simultaneously part of the reason why I got to such a dark place and also what saved me. And okay. that continued to be the theme, you know, in high school, in my twenties, in my thirties, even. Um, so yeah, I was a three sport varsity athlete. I was really, really hard on myself. Um, I was running track and then I switched to lacrosse and I was doing cross country and of course basketball. And then I was playing AAU basketball in the summer. And I was the captain of my basketball team senior year. And um, my coach was really, really, really hard on me. And she's a, she's a, wonderful lady, but man, she used to just get in my face and just scream. And, um, at that point, actually backing up to like 16, that's when it was really like getting bad. Um, at that point I was also really, um, at odds with my mother. And so those two, those two influences in my life, those two people that were very close to me, it was, it was a lot. And I, I didn't have like the tools for whatever reason to process emotions, maybe um, in a healthy way. And I just kind of pushed things down and pushed things down. And um, I became, it it was always kind of like that outward focus of what does Mm -hmm. this person want from me versus kind of going from an introspective intuitive space. What is the best thing to do here? You know, by my own, like, you know, senses, um, what did they think is best? What did they want? What are their needs? Always being hyper vigilant about those being three steps ahead, making sure that you can anticipate something before it happens. It's kind of like, you know, the way I, I grew up in my home because my mother is very sick, uh, physically and, and mentally as well. And so, um, kind of caring for her and trying to always make sure, you know, she was taken care of and, um, that, that emotionally her needs were met as well. So what that causes is kind of like this vacant hole where you are so disconnected from your own emotions because you're constantly trying to understand the needs of others around you that you don't even know what you need. Mm-hmm. You don't even know what you're feeling. Right. So, yeah. So by the time I was just, I was so frustrated and I was, I couldn't access my own, my own self, my own feelings. So in order to feel something so desperate to just feel, that's when I, actually started cutting my wrist in high school. And um, yeah, that was a crazy year. I'll bet. <laughs> yeah. And did somebody reach out and wrap their arms around you and help you or did you do it yourself? You know what? Actually, I, I want to credit two people. Um, so that went on for about a year and a half. And then towards the end of my senior year, I was dating a lovely guy and he was an absolute sweetie pie. Um and he found out about it. I'm not sure if I told him or if he saw the cuts or whatever, but um, he, uh, he made me promise to stop doing that. And I could tell, you know, he loved and cared about me so much. And I, I like to say that I'm someone who keeps their word. So I made that promise to him. Then I left for college. So I didn't really have, I went to college in Philadelphia. I went to art school. 
actually. And, yeah, you got a graphic design degree there, University of the Arts. <laughs> yes. Um, so I didn't really have him around, and I actually was paired up with a roommate. And I want to give her credit as well because, I don't know, at some point, maybe halfway through the first or second semester or something, I, I let her know kind of what was going on. And, and she said, hey, like, you have, you have support here. Um, if you feel like you're having a panic attack, if you feel like you're having anxiety, if you get suicidal thoughts, just talk to me. Don't go in the bathroom and create a bloodbath. I don't want to come home to that, you know? <laughs> so I, no. I, I made that same promise to her and, and I thankfully have not um, done that since. That's good news. I was just going to ask, hopefully those demons have left and we're moving on. I'm sure they never leave, but you know, we've learned to deal with them. And through all that, I mean, you go away to school and as your story goes, you've had numerous jobs all over the globe, basically, in spectrum of doing this and doing that. But what led Leon to go fitness? I want to go into the fitness industry. So it's super cliche. I love this. <laughs> <laughs> so <clears throat> I graduate from college with a graphic design degree, like you said. Um, I go and intern at MTV and um Times Square, which is really cool. And then I go and work for a design agency in New Jersey. Then I decide I want to be on the front end of the sale. I want to be behind a computer all day. I switch to mortgages. Um, and then let's see, after that, so that was during the big short, like right after that was like 2007, 2008. So everything went boom. <laughs> <laughs> so I became a nanny, which was a wonderful job. And I'm still in touch with um, that family today. So I had, you know, in college, I would train my friends for free. We'd all go to the gym together. I'd show them what to do just from what I had learned training and building muscle for basketball. And I was, when I was in art school, I was still, you know, in the gym two, three hours a day, just being a meathead and like, <laughs> <laughs> and um, playing like street ball. I played a lot of like um, street basketball when I was in college and running and all of that. So I was driving home one night and I pulled over and I was super tired because um, I had a part-time job too. And, <laughs> and I pulled out a fitness magazine and I started reading it that I had already bought a while ago. I don't know why. I remember that night though, it was snowing. It was really late. And I um, got to the back of the magazine and I saw one of those ads that said, turn your passion into your career get, become a certified personal trainer. And it, it's so cliche, but it just hit me. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, I should do that. <laughs> so, and that's where that's it, started. it started. And then you made a decision somewhere to go from being out in the East coast to move into San Diego. Was that to increase the fitness or did you see a need there or were you doing something in New Jersey? How did you decide, you know what? I want to take this and go to San Diego and be a California girl. <laughs> back to my roots my, dad yeah, always, yeah. my dad's a cali boy he was like you're gonna make it back there someday yeah you go from san francisco <laughs> to east coast and become a jersey girl and back to a cali girl <laughs> totally totally what a what an interesting combo um yeah so great question i I actually, so I started working at a Gold's Gym and then I switched to um, a different health club and then I branched out and started my own business. Um, I did very well for the first couple of years. I got married and then my um, husband at the time uh, got a, a major promotion 
and it was here on the East Coast, or excuse me, on the West Coast. <laughs> I'm getting confused. My coast <laughs> um, for his for his job. So that's what that's what caused the move. So I actually trained up an up and coming trainer in the area, sold my entire book of business to her, and moved out here and started all over again. Got a new LLC. Was like I remember Christmas Eve. I was um, folding and stamping and hand mailing thousands of envelopes with my mother-in-law at the time, bless her heart. Um, and just hustling, hustling, hustling to build up business to do like those direct mailers out here. And that's, and that's what entrepreneurs do. You know, you work crazy hours as we all do to try and make things work. The 300 trainer, was that done in New Jersey or was that done in California? <laughs> <laughs> You know, 300 trainer is like a running joke with my friend. I'm going to invest in 300 trainer. (laughs) So 300 trainer was the perfect way to describe it. Was it was um, that saying, if you're right too early, you're wrong. (laughs) So it was 2015 into 2016, myself and a, a good friend, we we realized that what I was doing, how I had kind of adopted very early on um, online training through FaceTime, Skype, Zoom, what have you, um, was a great method for personal trainers to train their clients safely, effectively, have the clients save money, have everyone create a lower carbon footprint and help the trainers maximize their time, basically getting more sessions in in um, less times so that they can make more money. So the other part of that is, okay, this is a great idea for monetary purposes for trainers, but we have to make sure that they're doing things safely and that they're doing things effectively so that they're still de- delivering a high end result. So we created a certification course and that was 300 trainer. Gotcha. And talk about certifications. I'm going to read off. I mean, Google it. This lady's got crazy certifications to her name, but some of them are, she's a NASM certified physical trainer, NASM prenatal training specialist, also an NASM group trainer. She's an ISSA certified fitness nutrition specialist and fitness boxing trainer, a Spartan SGX coach, obstacle race training specialist. And the list goes on and on where, when you got to that magazine, did that just light a fire and you're just like, I want to learn everything. So I want to be certified in everything. So if somebody can't come to me and I go, well, I can't help you. Yeah. And you know, you know how so many times your purpose is just born out of your pain. So growing up, the, the emphasis was always on health because my mother was so sick. So there was, and I, you know, I thank them, thank them for this. It was always, okay, how can we prevent this from happening um, for future, gen- you know, for land, for future generations? So my mom also didn't just take their, her doctors at their word. So she would, she would like learn about every vitamin and every mineral and every nutrient and how it responds to the body. And I just picked that up. Mm. I grew like this insatiable thirst for knowledge of all things nutrition before any of that started. Um, so that really was kind of the beginning of it paired with just how I've always found, you know, solace in, in exercise. And, um, the other part of that pain into purpose is just, you know, and this is hard to talk about, but like my, my mother, um, I always wanted to take away her pain and I couldn't do it. 
And I always wanted to take away her deep, deep insecurity in herself, you know, being my mother's beautiful, but she doesn't believe it. You know, my mother doesn't believe she's good enough or whatever the things. So of course I went and made a career out of helping women see how beautiful they are and to help them be healthy and fit and live an optimal life. That's pain-free and full of confidence and just, you know, vitality. when you were going through all the, did it just take over your life? Just learning, 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 or did you have obstacles along the way? I'm sure you were trying to keep a job at the same time. How did you balance all that? My certification programs? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the first one, the CPT is definitely the the heaviest. Um, so that one was difficult because let's see, I was working as a floor manager at Gold's Gym um, and I was studying, studying, studying. Um, and then I passed. I remember part of that time was like this really, really, I don't remember if there's a name for it, but it was this really bad, like snowstorm of that like time and in, in, like a in, blizzard. In, Future. Yeah, it was like a blizzard <laughs> that lasted for like a week. So we were snowed in. So I just studied. <laughs> there you go. Um, but all the certification courses after that, I mean, I I guess, like, I don't really think about it. I just, I work, I learn, I work, I learn, I sleep, I work out, you know, try to have a little bit of a social life and you just, you just do it. And when you enjoy it, you don't keep track of the hours or, you know. <laughs> right. No, I get it. I get it. Because you my other position of helping high school athletes get scholarships. A lot of times people say, well, how many hours do you work? I don't know. Totally. I don't, I mean, I know I don't work 40, <laughs> but I, I know, I just, I know it's up there, but I, you just, you do it because you love it and you see the rewards on the other end of helping people. And that kind of takes over. You're now rolling into the fitness thing. Where did the idea come up with for work grind fly, which is like a fitness fusion thing. Because that was really cool. And then now that's going to go to L3, which we will get into. But where did your idea come up with, hey, I want to do something and let's call it work, grind, fly, which was, I think that was in what, 2011, maybe? Yes. June 13th, 2011 was when I formed my my first LLC, which was Fitness Fusion LLC in New Jersey. Um, And yeah, doing business as, and I I got it, it became a registered trademark. Um, work, grind, fly. So I tossed around so many ideas. And at the time I was really noticing that things like restaurants and uh, movies and um, just other companies, if the name had three words, it told a story, you know, it was kind of like, here's the before middle after, I don't know. And so I kind of, I kind of just picked up on that as, as how do we show the client what their journey is or what they can look forward to. So the, the message behind it is you work hard, you grind it out, and then you feel like flying when you're done. That's fantastic. And, it, it, <laughs> and it's still going today, just in a different format. And in that same time period, you make a decision to go vegan. Mm. Why, what made, why then? And if you can explain the benefits, it's, I, I'm a vegetarian, so... I have questions and, you know, you're going to get, you get questions as well. So you know where I'm going with it, but what was your decision to go? I'm just going to go full vegan. Mm, Such a good question. So, um, and so close to my heart. So, and and we want to differentiate because to be vegan is different than to eat a plant-based diet. Right. So when we're plant-based, we're eating foods mostly from plants. 
if we are vegan, we believe in four basic principles. We believe that animals are not here for us to eat, for us to wear, for us to be entertained by, or for us to experiment on. So vegan veganism is really a lifestyle that can branch into like what type of you know cleaning products are you using and are they tested on animals? Do you buy a leather couch? Do you um, buy a down comforter? As well as of course, what are you eating? And there are varying degrees of strictness. And what I encourage you and everyone listening is just go easy on yourself. You can't be perfect in an imperfect world. You just can't do it. I'm going to get on a plane at some point and I'm going to sit on a leather seat, you know, and lots of birds get caught up in the plane um, machinery. So, you know, there are, are people who are very, very strict. Uh, I might be going off on a tangent. No, really it's back, okay. <laughs> there are people who are so strict as to say, well, things like watermelons and strawberries require bees. So if you have to keep bees and kind of control them to, to work for you on your watermelon farm, then a watermelon isn't vegan. So it's like, there's varying degrees. <laughs> yeah. But to answer your question, why did I decide to go vegan? It's honestly, it's again, not, it's, it's just like my story with the magazine ad <laughs> at the back of the fitness magazine. It's kind of cliche, but I don't, it's, it is what it is. I just watched so many of those documentaries. I just saw, um, I just, I went down a rabbit hole and I saw what was really going on behind the iron curtain of our food industry here in America. And I absolutely could not put my head on the pillow at night and believe that I was aligning my values with my actions. I couldn't, I couldn't wrap my head around supporting these industries. Now there, so I, I definitely went vegan for the animals. I didn't go necessarily for health purposes. Of course, the health purposes are endless for being vegan, of course, but it is a very personal decision at the end of the day. Um, with, with that, there were steps. I went vegetarian in, I, I want to say it was like October of 2010, maybe, or no, no, I'm sorry. It was like October of 2011. So it was like, that. it was after I went into business for myself. And um, then I just started cutting out things one by one. And, you know, some of the last things to go were dairy and fish. And I also want to encourage people to really, really be compassionate. I believe that dairy is probably the most addictive food on the planet. Um, we probably don't have too much time to get into all the science and the chemicals and the reasons behind that. But if you crave dairy and you're like, when is this going to stop? I hear you. I get you. I crave dairy for like years. And I would, you know, once in a while go back and, and grab something for about two years after that. And Thankfully today, there are so many dairy-free options and there's new ones just cropping up every single day, which yeah. is really, really cool. So what I, I really support people with in the L3 method is find, like we have this dairy-free conversion chart that I created. So it's like, if you need some cheddar, get this brand. If you need some mutts, <laughs> go with this brand because like some brands make a great mutts and they make a terrible cheddar. You know what I mean? This right. is, the struggle is real. So I don't want people to like spend all their money trial and error, let's take that out of the, you know, let's, let's just take care of that for them and, and show them exactly what to get. This is, this is what I really encourage people to do is focus on being dairy free, um, for their health, almost more so than almost any of the other items. And if you would kind of go into it, what has it done for you health wise and fitness wise? I mean, for me, 
where I'm at in, in my journey, it, I've never felt better with what I do with my nutrition and running and working out. It's, it's changed my life. So to get it from somebody who's got certifications much more than I do will help carry some of the things that I've always put out there. Ah, uh, well, that's so, so good to hear. I love, I love that. I, <clears throat> so you want, you want me to speak about myself? My yeah. Personal. Okay. Um, well, when I went vegan, like seven pounds just dropped off, like, <laughs> just like gone. <laughs> and, and like, and I, I definitely think like a lot of that had to do with the dairy because I think I had a subtle intolerance to it. Um, but yeah, all the, like the chicken, the salmon, the steak, the eggs, all the cholesterol, all that fat, like it's just, ugh. um, so yeah, within like two weeks, I just saw like seven pounds just drop off. So I do remember that. Um, I remember having so much more endurance um, at the gym, like right off the bat. Now, oftentimes I'll hear people report that the first few weeks they feel more sluggish because their body's going through a bit of a detox. And then after that, the body's like, ah, let's go. So I fortunately didn't really experience the detox side of it. I guess I was already pretty clean with my eating. Um, so even as clean as I was, you know, following that typical bodybuilder diet, right. With like the chicken and the fish and the rice and the asparagus and what have you, um, even following that and then to come off all of the animal products, the weight just dropped off. And so for me, I'm five foot four, seven pounds is a big deal. And coming off my frame, it just allowed me to go longer, go stronger. I started lifting more weight than I ever had in the gym. Um, I mean, yeah, I was really showing off at that point. <laughs> <laughs> the gym. My ego was out of control. The gym. <laughs> <It's> ridiculous. <laughs> well, we're going we're gonna to get into the gym and the bodybuilding and the swimsuit stuff here in a second. Before we get there, everybody, I want you to check out Buzzsprout. You'll get a great looking podcast website, audio players that you can drop into your other websites, detailed analytics to see how people are listening, tools to promote your episodes and more. We use Buzzsprout with Before the Lights. It's a great, great tool. I mean, you can pay for it by the hour. You don't have to worry about sizing and all that kind of stuff. And if you go to the show notes and you tell them I sent you, they're going to give you a $20 Amazon gift card. So make sure you go to the show notes. Everybody could use an Amazon gift card right now in these times. So check out Buzzsprout once again. The link will be in our show notes. Leon, back to it. Your fitness journey and helping others wanting to lose weight, get stronger, be healthier, the entire spectrum. What does that do for you from a reward standpoint? Where did, how does that make you feel? Oh my gosh, everything. I have goosebumps right now just from you saying that. I am obsessed with what I do. I mean... Every single call, every single message on Slack I get from our members, every, um, every win, even every struggle, like I'm just, I'm in it. I'm just, it's like, it's always game time. <laughs> I don't know. I, I am obsessed with finding the solutions to my members. And I say members, like the members of L3 Method. So I guess I should say clients. So people can understand, but I'm, I'm obsessed with finding solutions to their pain. I'm obsessed with showing them who the F they are. I'm obsessed with helping women remember who they are and that fitness and a healthy body that they feel comfortable and confident in is their inherent birthright. And that is the end of the story. 
And it's never too late to start. No. No. I get this all the time. Well, I'm such and such age. It's too late to start. I'm like, it's never too late to start. Do you, you still have a body? Are you still walking around? <laughs> right. It's not too late. Let's go. Absolutely. <laughs> Come on, don't live one, one foot in the grave here. Like, yeah, it's not yeah. too late. And, and the magic's in the little things for people who have, you know, women who have been through menopause and they really truly really think it's too late. It's, it's a lot of tweaks that they never would think about. It's a lot of like little magical tweaks that um, go un, unlooked. And, and if we can tap into those, then it, it's more painless, the transitions that will provide the weight loss and those other results. And where I want to go with this is people are going to have excuses why they can't do this or why they don't want to start. And I'm going to let, I'm going to take you back to some, another dark time. So people can understand you can do this. You had two back surgeries yep. and we're going to get into those. And after the first one, I want you to talk about the pain you experienced, how you had to overcome this setback and you had six weeks of no exercise. So let's, let's back up a little bit, talk about what happened that you had to have the first back surgery. First of all, I had close to four months of no exercise. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Because we have to think about when I was on crutches prior to the first surgery. Um, and what caused well, that? Remember going back to high school, remember my, my great ability to completely disconnect from my body. <laughs> Remember that my inability to understand the messages that were being communicated very strongly to me. <laughs> yes. Feeling so, so empty. And so, you know, devoid of my own kind of like, um, autonomous power. So with that, the physical cues, not just the emotional cues, the physical cues, um, and the ability to ignore them and push through the pain. This is something that's touted and celebrated in the fitness industry in sports. And I am taking a stand for that to change. That's why I work grind fly changed L3 method. Cause I don't, because grind working hard, that doesn't resonate with my, with my message anymore, but that's a side note. So <laughs> keep me on track, Tommy. <laughs> um, yeah. So in high school, I believe that I probably herniated my disc back then, to be honest with you. Cause I always had back pain from the time I was, um, you know, maybe 15 on, and I would just ignore it. I just be like, yeah, I have back pain. What am I not going to live my life? What am I not going to do cool stuff? I'm yeah. I'm going to go for a, a, go run a half marathon. Yeah. I'm going to go like, and you know, into my twenties. Yeah. I'm going to go compete in a Spartan and then strap on a pair of heels, even though I can't stand up straight and go out afterwards and celebrate. I mean, just ridiculous. So, so I believe I herniated the disc way back in the day. And I just would kind of be in and out of the chiropractor to just deal with it. So, because the, the actual, the actual workout, it was April 27th, 2016. I remember all these dates, but that workout was no big deal. It wasn't this like momentous, like moment where I was like, ah! <laughs> there were so many of those leading up to it. There were so many workouts where Leon's deadlifting 225 for eight reps in the gym and, and feeling, uh Oh, and just ignoring it. There are so many like Leanne's back squatting with again, 225. And she's, she's showing off for her ex-husband, you know, husband at the time she's showing off for her friends. Leanne's like doing these crazy box jumps that are as high as her chest, you know, and just, I don't know, craving that external validation that I was enough, that I was whatever, a badass. 
And so I think that I was herniating more and more and more. The disc was slipping more and more out of place mm. with those things because I would remember those. But April 27th, just did a silly, lame, no big deal leg workout. Woke up the next morning, something was different. It wasn't like the usual back pain. It was radiating down my leg, which I later learned was sciatica. Um, and it just, it just got worse and worse and worse to the point where I was um, in and out of the ER. They would give me crutches and Percocets and say, okay. And I just was so stubborn, so anti-surgery. Tommy, I was the personal trainer in the gym on crutches. How unmotivating is that to have a trainer I got you. on crutches? I got you. That's lame. And, <laughs> and uh, I was just taking all the drugs that like my, and I'm not like that at all. Like I, I don't even take Advil like ever. And, <laughs> and I was taking everything under the sun to try to continue to function, to earn income, to keep my business going, to keep a roof over my head and trying not to get surgery. And then finally, after, um, there is a, there is a spread of three days in a row in August of, the, of 2016 that I couldn't sleep. Like I didn't. Mm. So after the third night of no sleep, I finally like got up and started Googling how to get an MRI. And when I went, um, <laughs> the MRI and then the surgeon made a joke when he took, when he opened me up and <clears throat> saw the protrusion, he said, is it a boy or a girl? Because wow. that's how big the herniation was. He <laughs> thought it was 10 millimeters. He thinks that it was probably more than that. And it was one of the, the worst that he'd ever seen. <laughs> yeah. So you have the surgery pretty much four months, as you said, of no exercise, have all this pain. Did you have doubt then about, am I ever going to get back to being my normal self again? First of all, I want to be very transparent. So with no exercise, so remember me, right. Who exercises twice a day, two, three hours, six, seven days a week. So I was exercising, but here's what I was doing. I was getting in the pool one legged and swimming with one leg and two arms and then getting out of the pool, like crawling out, getting back on my crutches. That, that was what I was doing. <laughs> you found a way to stay active somehow. Insane. Insane. Yes. That was about all I could do. Okay. What was your question? I'm sorry. And I was going to, uh, did you have doubt that you'd ever get back to feeling a hundred percent again? Absolutely. I thought I would never be able to run again. I'd never be able to lift. I'd never be able to snowboard. I'd never be able to rock climb. All the things I love to do, surf. Um, and some things I cannot and won't do. And that's fine. I don't care because living and be, being able to walk without pain is the greatest gift. And I'm not willing to sacrifice that for anything. My ego can, can chill out. <laughs> Why did you need to have a second back surgery? I was showing off. <laughs> I was, and you know, this is another thing. My surgeon said, I made a bet with the nurses that you would be back here and you'd re herniate because people like me, people who are in the fitness industry, our 50, cause he's like, go 50% after you're done mm. you know, with your first six weeks. Right. My 50% is like some people's 150%. So yeah. So like still wasn't, um, still was learning the process of reading my body signals of communicating with my body of tuning in and saying, Hey, what do you need right now? Like, what am I, you know? So, so that's, so in pragmatic terms, if you're at the gym and you're on your seventh rep, and you're determined and you said, I'm doing 15 reps of this exercise and you're on your seventh and your back says, no, you stop on that seventh rep, even though that's frustrating for us, you know, 
heady people. Ah, seven. I can't stop there. You know? (laughs) Right. This is what I'm talking about where people have excuses that I can't do it. I can't do it. I have this, you know, you've had two back surgeries and we're not even done yet. You also have gone from being frail from being a muscle woman, a bikini competitor, you've been all over the spectrum from the various, from the most frail to buff. And every time that's happened, you've had to overcome something. Recently, you've become an emotional eating recovery certified coach. So you can help people in all kinds of ways and say, I can't do it. I can't, I have this, I have that. Every single time you have found a way to get back up. As they always say, when you get up or you get knocked down, you got to get back up. But going through all that, was there one point that sticks out more than the other, Leon, of at this point, man, I was really worse than I, I realized I was? Um, you mean between surgery one and surgery two? Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't say that was like the worst point. And you're, you, you make such great statements. It's like I used myself a bit as not a sounding board, but – it's like, I'm, I'm so grateful for all the experiences that I have gone through because of my ability to relate to a wider spread of people. So for instance, when I was doing bikini competitions, I developed body dysmorphia, which I didn't have before. So I'm so grateful for that experience because now I understand what it's like to have, you know, body dysmorphia severely. Um, after those competitions were finished, um, I my, uh, my adrenals were tanked. My metabolism was down around my knees. I could look at food and gain weight. It was completely different from, you know, what maybe the past was like with my metabolism. I really damaged it. So I had weight to lose, um, coming to California, starting a new business and feeling like a fraud as a personal trainer, you know, with like an extra whatever on me. Um, and, so, so there was that to contend with the, between surgery one and surgery two, you know, when I re-herniated, it was another three to four millimeters. So I was still, it was kind of like a little bit more back pain than like the normal back pain of my, you know, entire adult life. <laughs> so I was like, oh, we're back to this. Um, so after the second surgery, you know, my surgeon said, listen, cause it was the same disc that brake pad, you know what I mean? So I can't do that again because if I do, then I have to fuse the disc and then that really, um, takes away my ability to do certain things. Mm. So, um, so that I'm, I'm appreciative of that because that's what really started on my path to helping women be intuitive, to check in with their bodies, to not push themselves to that brink. I hadn't learned that lesson yet with surgery one sad, sad as, as it is to say, just a, just a stubborn it <laughs> person. Took, it took two to get it through. Yeah, it took two. And, and so I would like to say I learned it after the second time. And I'm not, I'm not unlearning and relearning that again. That's not happening. That's good. <laughs> February 12th of this year, 2020, you announced the L3 Method Fitness, which is basically lose the last layer, which I think is really cool. Regardless of body type, health challenges... Leanne's got a program for you. She's got a 90 day program and I want you to take it from there and kind of give everybody where L three's at, how they can get in touch with you, what you do. And then I got a couple follow-up questions before we go. Mm, thank you so much. So yeah, I really took my time with this iteration of the company. Um, 
Yeah, L3 stands for lose the last layer. And that's really what whatever it means for each woman, whatever she believes her last layer is. And it's in the metaphorical sense as well as the physical sense because we're finding, right, in the fitness industry that it's not just about um, it's not just about the actions that lead to the results. It's about the core beliefs that are way behind the actions, thoughts, and feelings. Those core beliefs are running the show. And they are dicked because how many times, I'm sure people listening can relate to this. How many times are you like, let's just, I should drink more water. I should drink more water. I'm going to drink more water. I really should. And you don't drink more water. I'm like, why don't I do this? And a great example is I had a client, this was beautiful, who couldn't get herself to drink more water. That was the one thing that she couldn't do. She just couldn't do it. And so we, we got in and we did some deep work and we uncovered an old memory she had from high school or middle school where she was hospitalized for something and the nurse doing her best forced her to drink, like guzzle a ton of water. And it was traumatizing. She had buried that but look how beautiful that is that she has a protector that's trying to keep her safe. The only thing is the protector is working with old information and it's not relevant anymore. She's now safe. So once we got to that and we were able to open it up, develop awareness, because when you develop awareness, then you can develop a relationship. When you can develop a relationship with that part of you, then you can begin to heal it. And once that was healed, no problem. Anyway, I'm, I'm again, going no. on a tangent, but, but yeah, it's uh. Lose the last layer, L3 method. We baited the group last spring, so spring of 2019. Um, and at that point, we, it was men and women. I still had work crime fly going on. Um, and we just, we went to town trying all these like really cool things. We gave people a really, really great discounted price to be part of that beta group. So thankful for them. Shout out to all those members. And then uh, I really took my time figuring out what my voice got to sound like in the marketplace, what the brand really was all about, what was our mission statement, what are our core values, who is our exact woman that we like, that we're dying to work with, that we just want to like go hand in hand on this fitness journey with. So lose the last layer, L3 method is for busy women, oftentimes overachievers, women who are very hard on themselves, right? Who have busy careers, children, families, uh, maybe were athletes in the past, maybe they weren't. And um, they want to do like, they want to do a, be a part of a fitness program and then be done. They want to learn the things that they need to learn so that they be, can become intuitive eaters and, and intuitive exercisers. That's something we don't often talk about. Um, learn about the five lifestyle habits, customize those five habits to themselves, which are by the way, your water and no particular order, your water, your exercise, your sleep, your nutrition, and your stress levels and your management of those. Learn about their unique body type. I developed 11 body types that people can take a quiz on, figure out which one is theirs. And I, the motivation behind that was um, there's a lot of body types out there that are like only having to do with metabolism and body types that only have to do with body shape. And who wants to be called a pear, by the way? Who wants to be called an apple? Like, not me. That's not motivating. No. I don't think it's motivating to be called an ectomorph or a mesomorph. So, so the body types I created envelop both concepts. Like, where is your metabolism right now? What is, what are, what's the framework we're working with right now? And how can we become the architect of our own metabolism, right? As well as what is our genetic body type um, and match that with the individual's goals and kind of how they want to shape their frame, their body to look like. 
So the L3 method's a flex program. It's three to five months because people have busy lives. I find often people will sign up for something and all of a sudden life hits them and there's like a month delay. No problem. Just hang out for an extra month. <laughs> Take your time. <laughs> it's a 12 module course. Um, there are tons of resources as far as recipes. Um, obviously the customized nutrition plans for the person's body type, all of the workouts, same thing. Um, resources for sleep hygiene, for hydration customization, for, you know, podcasts <clears throat> to listen to <laughs> <laughs> and books and, and bloggers and all of that. Um, and then the other side of it, of course, is the, um, is the communication side. And we have group calls, private one-on-one calls. Everyone gets a private coach, full-on 24-7 support, as well as um, we do weekly challenges for cash prizes too. We kind of gamify nice. healthy habits, which is super, super fun. And where can they go to find L3 Method at? L3Method.fit. L3Method.fit. It'll be also in the show notes, so you can get the link there. And it'll also be in the comments of the podcast, so you can find it there as well. A couple more questions, Leon. Um, One, struggles today in your current life that you're constantly battling to improve yourself or improve your business? Well, besides COVID, <laughs> that's not funny, but <laughs> um, it's there. It's apparent to everyone. It's, yeah, for sure. Honestly, so going along the thread of COVID, I am one of those people that prefers to work out at the gym. I prefer to have a state change, right? To leave my place in order to get a really amazing workout in. And I'm working out at home. So I'm finding, I'm figuring out how to enjoy that and get just as motivated for that. Cause I do find myself like skipping workouts because it's just like, I want to leave my house. You know, um, I could tell you what I've done to remedy that. It's pretty funny. Go ahead. (laughs) I actually, I created a, and I wrote a post on this on Instagram. Um, but I created like a party for myself, (laughs) 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 like a sensory overload. (laughs) So I like put like the lights on. I have music going. I have like a reality TV show on mute with like the people that inspire me and motivate me. And, um, you know, I have like a picture up on the wall. Like I'm just, let's go, let's do this. Like I'm doing whatever I can (laughs) to really, uh, motivate myself to get it done. And I think you have to be creative these days, which you are. And I think everybody's finding more creative ways to, to stay active and those that are us that are like to be active, it's hard for us just to sit down and go, you know, I'm going to sit on the couch and watch TV. And you may have intents to do that. And after about 20 minutes, you're like, okay, I got to go do something. I have to get up and go walk or just do something. So it's, you have to be creative to continue to stay active and everybody will get through this. Last thing, where can people find you on Instagram, Facebook, those platforms you're on? Instagram, my favorite. <laughs> um, it's just my name, Leon Price. No spaces, no no periods. Just L I A N P R I C E. Leon Price on Instagram and uh, let's see, Facebook, Facebook.com backslash Leon dot Price, or you can do backslash L three method. Um, yeah. And all those again will be linked. Show notes, comments. We'll make sure they can find you. It'll also be on our website. Leon, thank you so much for, you know, coming on and telling your story and letting people know that, hey, you can do this no matter where you are in your platform and in your lifestyle, no matter what your body shape is. We don't we don't look at people's shape as fruits 
and uh, <laughs> and uh, you know we continue Amen, to, we continue to go forward. And like I said, you can judge a book by its cover. They can look at your Instagram or your Facebook and go, "Oh, she's one of those." And it's far, far from that. And I'm 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 thankful you came on and, and told your story. Ah, uh, thank you so much, Tommy. Absolutely. Everybody, thank you for listening and taking time to uh, spend some time with Lee and I today on the show. Patreon members, make sure you spread the word and you can go to patreon.com slash before the lights pod to get the extra five for show notes. Like I've said a couple hundred times, you can go to the website before the lights and follow us on Instagram at before the lights pod. Thank you for listening to before the lights. I'm Tommy Canale. We'll talk to you next time. And until then, stay healthy, be safe and keep smiling, everyone. 